0: If you have an opportunity to meet with people, then meet with them once the qualification process is in place. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, are you looking for some financing? Maybe some more money to do your fix and flip projects? Are you looking to grow your fix and flip business? Well, guess what? Got a solution for you. It's Fund That Flip. You know Fund That Flip. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the show multiple times. He's a friend of mine and they love working with the best ever listeners. They provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days that quick. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com. Best Ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily Real Estate Investing Podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Well, we're doing Follow Along Friday. So we got Theo Hicks. How you doing, Theo?
1: Doing good, Joe. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well. And let's see. We've got a couple things we want to go over. And the purpose of Follow Along Friday as a refresher is not to talk about what we got going on, but more importantly, talk about what we're doing as it relates to lessons learned to help you along the way. That's the whole point of the podcast, and that's why we do what we do. So how do we want to approach today?
1: Our main topic today is based on a best-ever listener's question about him wanting to get started in real estate and eventually leave his job. So for context, just to give the listener's background, his name is Marlon, he says a very thoughtful message the other day. So he he lives in New York City, which is pretty expensive real Mm estate-wise. Currently has a, what's called a full-time job. He works four days a week actually overnight as a doorman. And he makes about $35 an hour. And he has $70,000 in cash mm-hmm. available to invest. His ultimate goal is to quit his job completely. And yeah. he said to just relax. Yeah. But until then, his medium-term goal is to be able to reduce the number of hours or days that he works at his current job and make some extra money on the side. So his question is, he wants advice on how to get started and eventually achieve his Long-term goal in a pricey city of New York, and one additional thing: his idea for now is to buy a co-op, which I think is like a duplex, and live in one side and have a tenant cover the rent so that he doesn't have to pay a mortgage anymore.
0: Well, I initially gave him a response, and then he came back with a response. So, do you have that response while I'm talking? Can you pull up that response because my initial response was to do house hacking, and I said that. The best approach usually is to do the BRRRR strategy, right? Everyone knows what that is. You buy, rehab, refinance, and repeat, something like that, right? Yeah. I, think, I think rent's in there somewhere. Rent, yeah, rent's in there, obviously. Yeah, rent's in there too. That's another R. So you don't have to pay rent, and you're getting a little bit of cash flow from the renting of the other side and you're also building some equity so that then you can then leverage that for a future purchase. And that was my original response because that seems the most logical, but I told Marlon that you will likely have to go outside of New York City and it's going to be a longer commute and it might be a little annoying because it's going to be a little bit longer. I was thinking in my head somewhere in Jersey was just what mm-hmm. I was thinking because I lived in New York City for 10 years. And I did not do that. I lived in East Village for nine of those ten and East Flatbush for the first year. That's one thing that I kind of regret. But at the same time, I was using the money I had to then go buy single-family homes in Texas when I was getting started. So my first thought for Marlin was to do the Burr strategy. And then he replied with... He said, define commutable... An hour away,
1: what if I told you my rent is 1300 bucks? Well, I, so let's do question by question. Okay. Find
0: commutable. It's up to you, whatever commutable is, You define commutable. It's whatever you're willing to do on your commute. My mom commuted an hour and a half-ish, maybe an hour, 20 minutes. She's commuted that for the last, I don't know, 15 <laughs> years or something, 10, 15 years. She just... Left and now she's officially retired. Now she's going to look, look for like some part time thing to keep her busy. But that was a commutable distance for her, and she was driving New York City. You're likely taking the train or a bus or something. But anyway, so that's commutable. It says,
1: what if I told you my rent is thirteen hundred dollars and
0: I split it with my fiance? I love that nice frugal and cost conscious approach to rent. When I was living in East Village, my rent was. It very year to year, but on average 2000 total, and I split that with my roommate. Oh, it took a total. I split it with my roommate. Whoa. No, I split it with my roommate, and I always had a roommate, so I paid no more than 1100 at the highest and as little as 800 and something when we first rented that apartment. Okay?
1: And he's currently 15 to 20 minutes from his job, and he said, would you still consider the house hack? The issue I see is a multifamily would be and the $500,000 and uprange of maybe $400,000, and the interest will add another $200,000, give or take. And he says, I feel like that is a lot of debt to get into. So the idea is to get the tenants to pay all the mortgage, and with the money that I'm saving, it opens me up for other investments. The reason I'm looking at apartments is, I found some for one hundred eighty dollars to $200,000 in an area where the rent is 1600 to 2000 a month which is by the 1% rules, really good. With a $400 to $500 maintenance fee, I thought it was low cost, low risk. And out of state, obviously the prices are cheaper, but the rent was similar.
0: So let's take a big step back, and the canned response I usually have for people for what they do starting out is the burr strategy, because it's pretty darn solid, and it's tough to mess that up. Now, you're talking about some other things Like just going and investing in a property out of state, that works too. I know it works because I did it. My first house was out of state in Texas, Duncanville, Texas, $76,000 house rented for $1,095 and it didn't really cost me anything to get it move in ready. So it was pretty much ready to go whenever we bought it and I was in New York City and this place is in Duncanville, Texas, which is south of Dallas. So that's an approach that you can do too. Ultimately, it depends on, I guess, what your interests are and how you prioritize what you want to do because the burst strategy is a solid strategy for most people or actually anyone but the disadvantage to that is that if i would have done the burst strategy i wouldn't have bought homes in texas and therefore i likely (coughs) wouldn't have been able to buy as many homes in texas as i did because i would have plunked down more money in a higher price market like new york city so there's a trade-off so you're talking about the same thing there's a trade-off It would be a higher down payment most likely. Even though you can get more leverage on your primary, you're still in New York City. So you got that trade off there and it's the money that is left over, you might not be able to buy as many properties with that original money that you have. So ultimately, both those options work. It depends on what you wanna do because if you have a lower price cost (coughs) of living in New York City, then Go invest out of state. If you aren't interested in single families or multi-families, then go look at note buying, it's a lot more passive, but you'll be able to get better yields if you're doing it intelligently, especially if you're buying distressed notes. So that's the approach that I would take.
1: For reference, I house hacked my first property and it was all in, so the purchase price was 170. I believe the down payment was only fifty five hundred dollars to get into the property. So you don't need a lot of money to house hack at all. To actually get into the property, now I didn't know about the renovation loans at that point. Mm-hmm. So I spent additional twenty grand to fix it up.
0: What is that called? Two one? I can't remember what it's called. Two or three K? Two three K.
1: So instead of me putting down the initial fifty five hundred dollars and then having to put twenty thousand dollars in on top of that for renovations, I could have gotten a loan for. Let's just say $200,000, mm. put down that 3.5% and put down seven grand instead, which would have saved me just the initial down payment. But again, I didn't know about that. I know for me personally, and this might just be because of my temperament, but something that I was actually talking to the guy I do life insurance with about the other day, cause he used to be a very active investor where he manages properties, and I think he might have house hacked. And then eventually he transitioned to just being completely passive, putting a property manager in place because he was talking about how much anxiety it gave him to be in control of all the properties. And like whenever his cell phone went off, mm. he would be like, "Oh my god, I like, is there an issue with the property?" And I could I remember he said that and I laughed because like that's exactly how I felt in my first property for the first year, even though I was living there for part of the time. I was just very anxious about it and mm-hmm. so for me i liked the not living there aspect of it mm-hmm. so something that i'd never heard before and it affected me personally was the anxiety i had for living in the property that i was renting because i had tenants right next to me and any second they could just come and be like theo like i have this issue come take care of it and looking back on it i was blowing things out of proportion and kind of mm-hmm. making this fantasy up my head of what could happen but it's something that i just did not expect at all when i got into it and for a year i was like oh, like yeah. i was i was stressed out And then now that I have my properties now that I still manage, and the only difference is I don't live there. It's a lot different just
0: because I'm not thinking about it all the time. Because when you (laughs) live somewhere and someone's renting from you literally right next to you, it's a different type of living experience. There's not much separation Mm -hmm. from that. So that's also something to consider along those lines of what you were saying. So to summarize, Marlon, now that I've gotten some water and I've stopped choking on myself, (laughs) to summarize, I don't know what's best for you. I have no clue. We would need to sit down and have a 60-minute conversation probably. Well, probably 30 to get a better idea. But more importantly is multiple options work. And multiple options work because... They've worked for other people. Therefore, if you've got low-ish rent while living in New York City, then I'd say (coughs) do that and keep that as much as you can and then go invest your dollar somewhere else in a market that will allow you to get more for your money because in New York City, if you're paying a bunch in rent, then that's where I would look to then go buy something and cancel out that cost. But it sounds like you've got that under control, which is what I had as well. I had it under control when I was in New York City, so I bought out of state. So that would be my approach based on the information I have. But again, I'm not exactly sure. Ultimately, it depends on what you're mostly interested in and many options work. You'll just want to be educated. The steps that I would recommend is just be educated on what you want to do and then go find people who are doing what you want to do and model their success, which we've got over a thousand interviews on this podcast. I'm sure you can find some people who have done what you want to do once you identify that. Mm -hmm.
1: Before we move on to the business updates, I want to ask you about, it's very common for people that haven't invested in a deal yet or... Kind of first learn about that idea of real estate. And he mentioned it in his comment that he went to a best ever in a bigger pockets rabbit hole where he just like mm-hmm. watched his um podcast and got really excited, which is awesome. I'm right at the exact same thing when I first started getting into real estate. But the idea that a newer person has about just investing and then just like
0: relaxing after they get into it, oh, yeah, get their job. We were talking about insurance companies before we started recording, and you said insurance companies are now projecting people to live longer. But on the flip side, insurance companies, they have proof that if a male, specifically a male, retires and he doesn't do anything else, then he dies in like five years. (laughs) Because if you don't have anything that you're going after, that you're going towards, that you're mentally engaged with, then you just turn to mush and you die, especially after having a purpose and being driven for a long time. Now, that's statistically (coughs) speaking. We all might know someone who beats that but statistically speaking so the point is that if you also talk to any millionaire or billionaire really millionaires not really a thing but not really a big thing but billionaire then they're going to be actively engaged with their mind they might have got a big exit on a company that they sold and then maybe they partied for a week or two maybe a month then eventually they're like okay what's next and the reason why is because it's not about not doing anything is about doing what you want to do and i remember reading something that grant cardone published and he said how do you not get burnt out well you don't get burnt out by doing stuff that feeds you and that you enjoy doing because if you're doing stuff that feeds you and you enjoy doing then there's no such thing as burnt out i mean i personally work i don't know 80 hours a week i don't I have no clue But it's not necessarily work. Some of it is. Some of it's like, oh man, I have to do this. But most of it's not work as what I would define work. So ultimately, what you're really looking for is not relaxing, in my opinion. What you're really looking for is doing something that you enjoy more of that feeds you and fills you up. Couldn't say that better myself. I had the
1: same idea in my mind. And then if you try taking a week or two off, at the end of it, you're like, all right, I need to do something here. and then. Also, another problem with that too is that if you take all that time to build up your real estate empire to the point where you can actually leave your job and then you leave the company or do what it is, you know, go on the beach and relax, once you do, because it's going to happen and you're going to want to get back into something, do it again, you're going to lose all the momentum you gained over all those years mm-hmm. and you're going to fall off really quickly and have difficulty coming back. So, But oh, yeah. the, the part about people dying, I was kind of thinking the same thing. It's like if you don't have a purpose, you kind of just shrivel up and just... Disappear. I know Tony Robbins says, like, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. I think that's totally true. And I think you were talking about last week about the six human needs and about how growth is just a need that human beings have. And if you don't have it,
0: you're just going to be – you're starting to feel good. Insignificance significance is a need that <clears throat> we have too. And I'd say, in my experience, males tend to have this more than females, where we need to feel like we're needed and we're necessary and if you are doing a job for however long and all of a sudden you don't feel like you're needed or necessary to others, then you lose your compass. So it's always important to stay engaged, but yeah. cool. All right, cool. So you got some updates, some updates so in business, let's see. life. Something interesting happened this past weekend. An investor reached out to me through investwithjoe.com and... He lives in Orange County, and he'll be listening to this too. And we had our introductory call. He's like, I'd love to meet you in person. If I come to Cincinnati, is it okay with me? I was like, yeah, sure, of course. He told me afterwards, he said, I was waiting for some hesitation, but no, he jumped on it. I was like, yeah, I would love meeting up, and absolutely. He came last weekend, and Colleen and I had him over for dinner. It was great. Enjoyed it a lot. He flew in on a... Friday, and we had him over for dinner Friday night. One of the questions he asked was, what does the no fluffy stuff mean? <laughs> <laughs> and When I say that at the beginning, and he said, what's it in reference to? And I don't want to say, well, so-and-so does it this way, and I'm doing the opposite. All I'll say is just in real estate in general, there's a lot of Fluff out there. There's a lot of puffery. There's a lot of beating your chest or just stuff that doesn't get to the meat of what can help you as a best ever listener. So that is the no fluff. I try to get straight to the point and straight to the good stuff. So that's the context behind no no fluff. And the lesson here is, if you have an opportunity to meet with people, then meet with them once the qualification process is in place. It would be impossible for me to meet with everyone and same with you as whatever your business is and whatever aspect of real estate that you're in, it's impossible for you to meet with every single person. So I have some sort of qualification process and them. once they qualify because if you've done a good job through the qualification process, meet up and have those relationships and we actually had them over for dinner which was great.
1: It's funny because last night I was hanging out with a couple of real estate buddies and we were talking about different direct mailing techniques, and there's a guy in Cincinnati uh, name's Zach, and I believe what he'll do is he'll send out direct mailers, and then once they call, if they're not interested in selling, he'll still offer to take them off for t- to coffee to learn about their business and kind of build that relationship, build that rapport, so kind of along the same lines. It's a little bit less, because yours is more qualified than this, because this is kind of just you're shooting a shotgun and hoping that you get a couple of hits, but what I'm going to try doing on my, on my next direct mailing campaign is I'm going to send out 100 owners, and then the purpose is to buy a property. Yeah. But on top of that, if they're local, I meet them so that maybe they're willing really to sell now, but they've seen my face. I mean, if they're willing really to sell in a year or two years mm-hmm. or three years, I kind of play that long-term game. I could start working and building a deal pipeline further in the future. And then well, I'm assuming I'll have more money to buy deals faster, whereas now I can buy deals mm-hmm. like once every six months or so. But And staying top of mind with them
0: after the meeting is important. Yeah, so, following it up, having a, a letter process, saying, having a yeah. process. I love that. Maybe it's not as much of a qualification process, but it's intentional meeting where you've already taken a step to. Well, you have qualified them because they're owners. Yeah, they're owners of the properties, so I guess you already have done the qualification. I love that. That's a wrinkle for direct mail too. It's Like every time you have a podcast with like a big guest, like I
1: listen to. A- uh, Lisa or Liza Gibbons the other day. Mm-hmm. You now they all talk about how important relationships are, mm-hmm. and just building rapport, and how it might not be something that will give you immediate benefits, but in the long term, you have no idea mm-hmm. what can come out of that relationship. i had to try to brainstorm ideas of how to do that, especially early on in the business when you where you, you know there's not much to do because you know, you're not buying deals constantly. Once when I get in my updates, I talk about how I don't have much going on right now. The properties, thankfully, there's things you can do to obviously improve your current small portfolio, but thinking of ways to do things that will add value in the future that you can do now while you have the time. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. I love that. And the key is to stay in touch or have a way of staying in touch after you meet with them. Mm -hmm. And one good book on that I've talked about before by Larry Kendall is Ninja Selling. One other comment I have is this is an observation that I've gotten after just thinking through people's responses during that best ever lightning round, and that is when I ask best ever deal, usually it is either the first deal or their last deal. Hmm. And if it's the first deal, then the response is, this got me started, it's not my most profitable, (laughs) but it paved the way. And then if it's the last deal, Then it's, oh, I really like this deal. It's going to be great for XYZ reasons. And what I learned from that is if it's the first deal, then they understand or they see that that was a start of something great. But if it's the last deal, which is usually a deal they haven't received all the benefits from, then it's the perception of... What's unknown is more valuable than what's already known. And as real estate investors, it's important that we just be aware of that thought process because that could get us into deals that aren't as good for us, and it could also have us overestimate the projected profits of certain deals. And it's just an overall mentality that I've seen real estate investors Mm -hmm. have and I wanted to call that out. Oh yeah, totally. Especially early on
1: we don't have experience of what it actually costs for maintenance, how often you make it and you'll have those percentages really low or not account for them at all. And it also kind of goes back to, and we're talking about Tony Robbins a lot, but that need for uncertainty and making sure that you know that's there Mm -hmm. so that you can use it for
0: good and don't let it kind of use you Mm -hmm. instead. I think what I'm going to do in 2018, because I've already recorded a lot of episodes for 2017, for 2018 sometime around February or so. I think I'm going to start in the best ever lightning round saying best ever deal you've done that's not your first and not your last. There go. And see, see what they say then. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get them then. But yeah. cool. what yeah. about you? you? You said you're completely lazy, you have nothing to do, nothing and i are sleeping still. until noon eating Cheetos. I am. Lots of Cheetos. Hot Cheetos,
1: too, <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> no, so for the past two weeks, I've had a radio silence from the residents for the first time since I bought the properties at the end of July, so these are properties that are doing really well or they're burned on the ground. I don't know it, but that's obviously a good thing. Only other thing besides kind what I talked about with the, the direct mailing idea is that I finally, on the process or towards the end of the process of setting up all the properties into uh, individual LLCs, and so, uh, the lawyer just emailed me before this and needs a little bit more information to create the operating agreements? but by the end of the month, or at least at the end of the year, they should be out of my name in the LLC. So if something were to happen, I'm covered. So that's exciting. That's the good. new development.
0: Good. How much does that cost? From what I can
1: remember, it was less than $100 per operating agreement and LLC. Oh. How um, many
0: are you doing? Three of them. Three? That's yeah. pretty darn good. That's really good. Uh, here's a reference from, I can't remember who I got them it's from. It's actually outstanding now I'm thinking of it. Yeah. I think it was about
1: around $100 per but he was saying he likes to help out newer people and use it for the long term and things like that. Mm-hmm. Besides that, we're kind of in the market for property. We're at that point where we can afford it if a deal comes up, but we're not totally ready to do it yet because we like to you know have a couple more months of income coming in from these properties. So we have a couple of months mm-hmm. with a goal of getting up to six months of expenses covered before we move forward. But yeah, besides that, really no new updates. You're doing direct mail? I'm going to do a direct mailing campaign by the end of the year and then do another one in February with the goal of having a property secured by around March so that if it happens... Because this time around, I I think I want to try the kicking everyone out and putting in new residents. So if I do it around... If I buy the property around March and then I'll close in April, May, that'll be a hot renting season. Now, I'm I'm not going to do that no matter what, just for the hell of it. If I'm in the same situation that I have for my properties now where I wish I would have done that for these properties and gotten new residents in there... I will do it but if there are no great tenants then I would say I won't do that
0: mm-hmm. so like for you to elaborate on that you said kicking people out and then bringing new people in will you elaborate on that what do you mean by that so in the units I have now there was one unit that was vacant mm-hmm.
1: and we were able to get 75 to 100 dollars more depending because some of the units are a little bit less for that one better unit than we did for all the other one better units and so if I'm able to get 100 dollars for putting someone new in there that'd be a pro also just Something that I've realized, and I'm not sure if this is something that I need to do something about, but let me talk about this on a a previous one, but the residents were used to the old owner, and the way that they were expecting the property to be be ran when I came in was not the same as it was before. Like, I wanted something as simple as rents on time to a mailbox or online, you know, maintenance requests submitted a certain way, and maybe I should have been more strict about it, but the new... Resident, how I was able to set everything up new with her compared to the older ones is a lot less of a hassle for the amount of extra money I'm getting because I was able to handpick the person. So I'd much rather have a property that I was able to handpick all the residents instead of having to wait for them to turn over and then handpicking someone and putting them in
0: there just because of the, honestly, because of the headache factor. Hmm. Okay. But if they offer the increase, The renovations to the current residence at the new property, and if they say yes, then assuming that they're not a problem resident, then you would renew it with them. The problem with the one I had now is
1: that remember how like the rents were all weird, like they said they were one thing, and then his rent roll said something else, and then they were actually something completely different once I actually bought the property because he had just raised the rents before I got in there, and so I wasn't comfortable doing that again just because I didn't want to mass exodus and them all saying, Well, no, I don't want to pay that. Uh, for this specific time, cause I have enough money to afford it, but this time moving forward, I'm assuming I'll have enough money
0: to afford to do th- any kind of rates that I want to do to demand those higher rents. Got it. So just adding some more context to that statement, you're improving the property through renovations, and then through renovations, you'll increase the rents, and then you'll see if the residents want to stay or not. Yeah. If not, then you'll have a turnover. Yes. Yes. I'm, yes okay. Basically. You said it very crudely, and I'm trying to add some yeah, color yeah. to it. That's my point? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna like, buy some. I'm gonna kick everyone. It's like, dude, come on, add yeah. add some more color. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So you're a nice guy. I'm a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. You're just very analytical. I'm very analytical, well.
1: and I'm very blunt. What you said is
0: based on what I would do. Yeah. For most of the units, yeah. Yeah. That's your chemical engineer engineering. Engineers just think Completely what, different I, I don't think I told this story I think
1: you're going to enjoy this Based on how I was just talking So At the end of last month I had One of the Residents text me A day before Brent was due With his list of All these different Maintenance issues That I had never heard of before mm-hmm. He told some lady And that because They weren't fixed They were like Very very minor Like I'm talking Like very minor Like, like what? Um, my lock works But it's loose Or <laughs> There's mildew In my tub Because he's like Not cleaning his tub And things like that And because of that, I'm not gonna pay rent. So I respond, I'm just like, well, you, that's not how it works. I can't remember exactly what I said, but basically I said, that's not how it works. But in my blunt tone, and it didn't go over well at all. He was not happy. (laughs) I talked to my wife, Marcella. Our strategy is I'm the site manager, and then if things you know, if I mess up She's the owner So that if they like Because he kept saying How I want to mail Something to the owner Like what's his, yeah. their address What's their their name I'm calling them to file a complaint <laughs> Because you know, she goes through And reads my text Like Thea you can't uh, Talk to people like that You have to you know Hand them with kid gloves Like this is my job yeah. Even the customer That I have at my job But if they're wrong Like I had to take the blame
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I was like Alright well how about You just call it and do this
0: she smoothed it over. was so well, like silk, was Well, it? she
1: calls him, and for the first half an hour, he just is ranting uh-huh. about how, not necessarily geared towards me, but just, like, yeah. kind of ranting in general. Just life in general. Probably. And uh, then, But, yeah, she ended up being very sympathetic, smoothed it over, and then once i went in there and addressed the issues uh, <laughs> begrudgingly of course and then i just you know text me like hey they're done like <laughs> give, <laughs> give me the rent but eventually it came in but yeah, I, yeah. I, the,
0: my blunt manner gets me in trouble sometimes yeah yeah well. well it's much better to have that approach in my opinion than the exact opposite you're one extreme it's much better to have that extreme than the opposite because you never know what anyone's thinking really if it's the exact opposite and it's just not really good <laughs> sweet what else we got all right, so the last thing we have
1: is the Best Ever Conference, which is coming up in, in February here, so pretty soon. And we've got Thanksgiving coming up. we got Black Friday, so we have a Black Friday sale. So it'll be $25 off one ticket, and then if you're going to purchase two tickets, it'll be $75 off that entire purchase. And the code word you want to enter is Black Friday, no space, the capital B and a capital F. So B-L-A-C-K-F-R-I-D-A-Y with a capital B and a capital F. And we'll put that in the show notes. And where do they go? Yeah.
0: Besteverconference.com. Besteverconference.com. $25 off one ticket, 75 off two. And the early bird still got the best price. This isn't as good as the early bird special, and that's over with. But this is the next best thing that you'll get, and this is a significant discount. Mm-hmm. So 25 off one, <coughs> 75 off two tickets. Cool.
1: And then to wrap up, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review for the opportunity to be the review of the week. This week we got Brandon Nelson, and he says, Joe, there's no doubt in my mind that your podcast and the information you compile and share via your website, downloads, books, and such will directly increase my personal net worth by eight figures Wow! over time. Thank you, all caps. You've been my entry into multifamily syndication, and I
0: can't thank you enough for that. Brandon, I hope it increases your net worth eight figures and everyone else listening and how about ours too yeah everyone just eight figures net worth increase thank you for that review and thanks best ever listeners for doing a review the reason why i've mentioned before is by having more reviews we attract more high quality guests and that helps with obviously Helping our eight figure incomes continue to grow and grow and grow. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Good stuff. Best ever listeners, have a wonderful holiday and we will talk to you tomorrow. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund that flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target market's through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com.